4: All right, guys, grab your low-rise jeans, your baby tees, and yes, those Steve Madden mules, because today we're taking you back to the early aughts.
5: The what?
4: The aughts, Joseph. It's how you describe the period between 2000 and 2009.
5: And oh, what a time. Everyone was wearing Juicy, Von Dutch, and low-rise jeans, even had a chokehold on moi.
4: I need a photo of that. Like, immediately, I need a visual. And we cannot talk about the odds and not talk about pop music. It was the fiercest it ever was. JT, Britney, no doubt. Oh, Christina, Janina Bottle. The good old days of music, as I like to call it. And
5: the movies were epic. 13 going on 30. Uptown Girls, Mean Girls. I mean, yes, Lilo.
4: But for today, we're looking back at the rise of a multi-platinum selling recording artist, actress, entrepreneur, producer, and one of the most followed people on Instagram. (gasps) Baby Selena? Yes! Selena Gomez is on a small list of entertainers, along with some of our other icons, who's been wildly successful, both as an actress and a singer. She's also a pop culture phenomenon.
5: Think about how much she's done in just three decades, and the fact that she's doing it all under the microscope of a very public relationship and breakup with one of the biggest pop stars on the planet, Jelena Forever.
4: No, 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 Joseph, don't do that. Selena Forever. Ah,
5: the whole thing is exhausting. It's tiring, like, I'm tired, and I'm only talking about it.
4: I know, it's exhaustive. And so much so that I think for now, let's table the Jelena talk and I promise you'll get our hot take on it later. (laughs) Right now, we want to move on and you're going to hear all about our journey with Selena, starting with her music. We're looking back at Selena from her days at the Disney Channel to her meteoric rise to the top of the Billboard charts.
5: But first, let's catch a one-way flight back to our home state, (laughs) Texas.
4: I'm your host, Liliana Vasquez.
5: And I'm Joseph Carrillo.
4: And this is
5: Becoming an Icon.
4: A weekly podcast where we give you the rundown on how today's most famous Latinx stars have shaped pop culture.
5: And given the world some extra sabor.
4: Sit back and get comfortable.
5: Because we are going in.
4: The only way we know how.
5: With buenas vibras,
4: algunas risas,
5: some chisme,
4: and a lot of opinions as we relive their greatest achievements on our journey to find out what makes them so iconic.
5: Selena was born to Marcela Ophelia Quintanilla. Joseph. And Abraham Quintanilla Jr.
4: No, Joseph, Joseph. (laughs) Joseph. That's the wrong Selena. Selena Marie Gomez was born in 1992 in Grand Prairie, Texas. Fans of the famous Tejano singer, her parents named her after Selena Quintanilla.
5: Mm, Un segundo, por favor, for Joseph's Mystic
4: Corner. Please don't talk about yourself in the third person.
5: The Cosmos are speaking to me. What? Excuse? Okay, she was born July 22, 1992, to be specific. Yes, I see the star. I hear you, stars. It's clear as day. Her sun is a Cancer, her moon is in an Aries, and her rising sign is a Leo. It all makes sense. She has a larger-than-life attitude and a charismatic personality. She's also idealistic, energetic, and unafraid to, what? Fall in love.
4: Especially spot on with that last one. I mean, I don't think that you can say... Selena and not immediately think of relationships and love. And I'm not just talking about her relationships, but how her music connects to love for her fans, right?
5: Mm -hmm. Yes, it's true. And also for me, I feel like she's just very relatable because she, she speaks out about almost everything
4: for me, that's one of the reasons that we needed her to be on this icons list because we talk about authenticity, right? We talk about how it takes artists forever to find themselves. And then once they do, that's when they stick, right? Like that impact is what can create an icon. And what's so amazing about Selena is a, I think she's one of the youngest icons other than Bad mm-hmm. Bunny on the list, mm-hmm. but it's because she has been so publicly real and vulnerable mm-hmm. about her mental health journey and that connection. Like the second she went there was when she was like the most followed person on Instagram. It's when her career exploded. But I'm
5: curious, have you ever worked with her? She's a dream girl for me. I'll say that. I would love to sculpt her, to do her makeup, just to sit with her and just like hug her. (laughs) I don't know why.
4: Oh, I love, (laughs) but I think that, okay. So first of all, no, I have never worked with her, but what you just said is exactly why I feel fans are ride or die for her. You said I just want to hug her, right? Like mm-hmm. not like you just want to hug her and you just want to be hugged backed by her. There's something yes. so like linda and like cariñosa about mm-hmm. her persona. It's so funny. It's like, I always talk about being in like my senora era, right? Like, (laughs) like, by the way, I am like a, basically a full fledged senora. Like I'm 43. Okay, Almost.
5: No, you have some more time. It's when you cut your hair really short and get that (laughs) blowout that goes backwards. I feel like that is the (laughs) official senora era.
4: But, you know, I also say this a lot of time. We say that as somebody who is an old soul, right? Somebody that just has like a maturity and I don't know, just like a calming energy about them. Something about Selena makes me feel like she's been in her senora era (laughs) since she was a teenager because she's Mm -hmm. an old soul. 100%. There's calmness there. There's a softness. There's a quiet confidence. It's when you're like making tortillas and tamales in your kitchen. Like you're having your Bustelo coffee. (laughs) And we're hitting heavy on the Latino, right? Because I personally always thought that Selena was 100% Mexicana. Mm -hmm. But did you know she actually has a mixed background? Excuse me? Yeah. Her mom, Mandy Tifé is actually Italian. She's of Italian descent. And her dad, Ricardo Gomez, is Mexican. His parents actually migrated to Texas from Monterrey in the 70s. So her childhood was full of quinceañeras, iglesia on Sundays, and of course, plenty of carne She grew up in Texas, like you and I, speaking Spanish, until her parents' divorce. Mandy left Ricardo and took little Selena with her, raising her with her side of the family. Throughout
5: her childhood, Selena recalls the struggle, not only to make ends meet, but she also missed her dad.
4: Her parents had Selena when they were only 16 years old. They were kids raising kids, and as a 43-year-old mom with stability and security— It's still hard for me to raise a baby. So I can't even imagine doing this as a single teen mom.
5: Selena quickly became her number one priority.
4: Yeah, Mandy held down multiple jobs to provide for her daughter. And at one point, she was even working three jobs at once.
5: Which meant that Selena spent a lot of time with her grandparents while her mom was out working.
4: The family's financial hardships left them struggling to make ends meet and just put food on the table. Gomez has shared about her past. I was frustrated that my parents weren't together and never saw the light at the end of the tunnel where my mom was working hard to provide a better life for me. I'm terrified of what I would have become if I'd stayed in Texas.
5: Girl, I don't know what I would have become (laughs) if I stayed in Texas. But her hardships began to fade when Selena was able to break into the entertainment industry as Gianna on Barney and Friends.
4: And by the time she was 15, she already had a hit sitcom under her belt with the Disney Channel. Now, pause, because I know it feels like we're rushing through her humble beginnings and her early start, but be patient. We're going to dive into all of the dino and Disney drama on next week's episode.
5: Wait, there was dino drama?
4: Uh, if you consider alcohol abuse, drugs, and tantric sex dramatic, (laughs) then yeah, there was dino drama. Selena had delivered Disney one of their most popular shows with Wizards of Waverly Place. And with dollar signs in their eyes, they wanted to give Selena a little boost to reach the next level of her career.
5: They knew having a triple threat in Selena could mean big business. So the channel was brainstorming ways to make the most of the young star.
4: And they had their answer. Turn Selena into a singer.
5: She is named after our bitty bitty bam bum queen, Selena Quintanilla.
4: Selena started small by recording songs for her own Disney projects. But she wasn't quite ready to take a big leap towards a full-fledged singing career.
5: Until 2008, when she was cast in Another Cinderella Story.
4: Not only did she star in that film, but she also contributed three songs to the film's soundtrack, including Tell Me Something I Don't Know.
5: It was total teeny-bopper realness. It was her very first single and the first song in her career to chart the U.S. Billboard Hot 100.
4: With that, Gomez saw that a career as a singer was possible, and that she had what it took to thrive in that space.
5: Her dream was to become an actress, but that didn't mean she couldn't do both, right?
4: Tell Me Something I Don't Know did what it needed to do, and she was signed to Hollywood Records like fellow Disney girlies Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato. Selena was only 16 years old, with a record deal, and now her own production company
5: which she named July Moon Productions because she was born in July, and her name means moon,
4: cute. She was figuring out her identity in the music world. Selena decided she didn't wanna be a solo artist like her peers. In 2009, she revealed to MTV News during an interview that she was starting a band, citing Paramore as an inspiration for the decision.
5: Selena Gomez and the scene, which was an ironic jab at the people who called Gomez a wannabe scene. Her and her team held auditions in Burbank, California, to find just the right mix of people for the group.
4: They eventually found the band's four other members. Greg Garman is the drummer, Joey Clement on the bass guitar, and Dane Forrest and Nick Foxer splitting duties on the keys. The band's debut album took over a year to develop. Selena was passionate about creating something that her fans, as well as herself, could relate to.
5: People worked tirelessly on this album to make sure it'd be the perfect launching pad for our Selenita.
4: She had various producers heavily involved in the album, but one name that stood out is the Go-Go's very own Gina Shock.
5: Uh, You mean a rock and roll hall of fame drummer of the Go-Go's Gina
4: Schock? Thank you for checking me, Joseph. I appreciate it. Now, the band's debut album, Kiss and Tell, was finally released on September 29th, 2009, through Hollywood Records. And it was mostly a mix of pop, rock, and electronica.
5: Uh, It takes me back to those good old Hilary Duff and Blink-182 vibes.
4: Oh, you guys, I love that sound. And remember, at this time, people weren't ready to let go of that gritty grunge style of the 90s, but it was inevitable that pop was taking over. We had Britney, Christina, and Shakira dominating the airwaves.
5: Okay, she's about to have her big break as a singer. She was coming up alongside artists like Bruno Mars, Katy Perry, Kesha, and a Gomez longtime friend, Taylor Swift. What a fucking time to be alive.
4: Here's the real deal. When the album came out, it received praise for being, let's call it, fun.
5: But the critics?
4: Well, they weren't entirely convinced by Selena's vocal ability.
5: Yet, the album was a success, Henny. It charted Billboard 200s top 10 in the United States and was heavily promoted through the Disney Channel. With Selena doing so well, many started to notice some Hmm, competitiveness amongst the other Disney starlets. Demi and Selena got along great since they knew each other from their Barney days.
4: Miley and Selena? Well, that was another story. The two women were rumored to have been feuding for most of their careers.
5: There was always drama behind the scenes in general at the halls of Disney High. Hiding la marijuana from the big mouse, purity rings, the love triangle between Selena Gomez, Miley Cyrus, and...
4: Spoilers, spoilers, Joseph. Okay, hurry up. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Listen, it made sense because this environment was the closest thing to high school that these kids had. And the teen-centered tabloids, well, they ate it up.
5: The glory days of Tiger Beat in J-14. (sighs) Miley had gotten her shot at fame first with Hannah Montana. Then Selena quickly followed with Wizards.
4: Selena had a YouTube channel with Demi. Miley then had one with her friends. And it kind of felt like they were always trying to one-up each other.
5: It was so petty. Teenage antics that amounted to nothing.
4: But the one thing that really got under each other's skin was that they were both interested in a specific Joe Bro, Nick Jonas. Demi Lovato finally spilled the tea on the love triangle during their time on Carpool Karaoke with James
5: Corden. They set the record straight. So Nick was with Miley, but they had an on-again, off-again thing going on. So he got with Selena, but then he got back with Miley only to get back with Selena.
4: I feel wrong for being so interested in, like, (laughs) high school boyfriend-girlfriend antics. Mm -hmm. But listen, it captured the world's attention at the time. And can I just add that for a bunch of dudes with purity rings— those Joe Bros kind of got around a lot, especially <laughs> Nick.
5: Girl. But listen, in the end, he ended up with neither. Priyanka Chopra Jonas wins this round.
4: She sure does. And Gomez at the time had written a song titled, I'm Sorry for Her Debut, inspired by, I'm going to call it a situationship, <laughs> inspired by her situationship with Nick Jonas. It was later retitled as, I Won't Apologize.
5: The song is also her only writing credit on the album.
4: Interesting. Now, during a live performance, Gomez expressed about the song, I wrote the song because I feel like a lot of people tend to change themselves for, let's be honest, a boy. And that's what I did. And I will never make that mistake again now. I'm sorry, I'm not what you wanted me to be, but I'm not going to apologize for who I am.
5: I can relate one trilly. I have an ex now because I didn't change. I'm me, me and Selena, and I won't apologize.
4: No, and Selena (laughs) didn't want to apologize. But I find her quote interesting in the sense that I feel like that sounds like somebody who was trying to be big and bad. And be like, this is never going to happen to me. I'm so confident because we know that in her next relationship, which was a very public relationship with Bieber, she then had to go through this again, right? So there's a maturity that happens in her life that is then expressed in her music. And all that to say is a lot of us do this. Like, we take a moment. We're like, this is never going to happen to me again. I'm strong. I'm rebuilt. And then... It happens again and sometimes it happens again and sometimes it takes all of those times to happen for us to learn. And I will say, I think Selena has grown so much from these relationships, but it did happen again. And it gave us a lot to talk about and it gave her a lot of material to sing about.
0: I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles because life happens, baby, but you got this. and stories, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some
2: things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum! And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos.
3: And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like midnight train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the yeah yeah yes inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger "Since You've Been Gone" and Beyoncé's "Hold Up." Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: With a chart-topping album, Gomez went back to set and continued acting but everyone wanted more, as soon as possible.
4: Everyone's wish is her command, because she immediately teased her upcoming album with the scene in February 2010.
5: It was named A Year Without Rain after the first single off the album. She was heavily influenced by the song and modeled the rest of the record around it. And people were loving it. But critics, yet again, butting their noses into everything, couldn't get past the Auto-tune.
4: Many felt that the label was trying to turn her into another generic pop girly.
5: Instead of just letting her be herself. (laughs) Okay, okay, stop.
4: I can't handle your auto-tune. Please stop. (laughs) Whatever Selena was doing was working. Her sophomore album eventually went gold.
5: One song called Rock God even featured backup vocals from Katie
4: And the band went on to win Favorite Breakout Artist at 37th People's Choice Awards. They followed the success by releasing their third studio album, When the Sun Goes Down, in 2011.
5: Selena hadn't been in a rush to make another album. She was enjoying her time on set.
4: But they presented her with a potential track, and she was blown away. After hearing Who Says, she knew she had to get back into the studio. And the thing about this album was that... It was a little more mature in its themes, but for listeners, it didn't sound too heavy.
5: So wait, wait. So it's not too light. It's not too heavy. Then mm-hmm. what is it?
4: It's digestible. Like, Oh,
5: damn, bitch. That is, that is perfect.
4: <laughs> I mean, for you, first of all, by the way, Joseph loves Who Says, you guys.
5: <laughs> I would listen to this song all the time. Literally. I am presidential, just so you know.
4: And I love that because you were certainly, I'm not saying you were old when you moved to New York, but you were certainly not like of teeny bopper age listening to this I was a teeny song. bopper of
5: a certain age.
4: <laughs> okay. You were a retired teeny bopper. I was a retired teeny bopper. And it still spoke to you. And I agree. I still think that like out of all of the Selena songs that have come since then, I still think Who Says is like one of the best Selena songs. No,
5: and also one of the things that it came out when all of these other chicas had these self empowerment singles, like Mm -hmm. We Are Who We Are from Kesha, Katy Perry's fucking Firework, uh, Fucking Perfect by Pink. I mean, Lady Gaga's Born This Way. And who says, you know what? I'm going to create a new little uh, playlist for myself with just this self-empowerment singles right now.
4: I actually want in on that Spotify playlist. So Mm -hmm. please send me the link. (laughs) And one thing I do have to say, and I'm going to play like devil's advocate to this because you're right. Okay, no. (laughs) There was a lot of these self-empowerment singles happening at the same time, like you just said. But I feel like this era of Selena, while it was very digestible, very enjoyable, the music didn't have a lot of It didn't have a North Star, right? She didn't know where she was going or where she was headed. And I don't mean this to take away from who she is at all, because she was really young with this Mm -hmm. album, Mm -hmm. but she wasn't writing this album, right? Like her voice, her real voice, just purely if you look at writing credits, was not there. It was written really commercially. Yeah, and commercial is not a bad thing. You need commercial hits to get the artist album like we learned this right bruno did it j-lo did everybody does it everyone has it's like one for me one for you but i agree i think for me this first series of albums with her band just didn't feel like the selena that i now know and i'm so grateful that she went through that and like we got it out of our system because now she's like to me like because
5: now she's also helping us go through shit
4: Yeah. And again, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. She is helping us heal. and This was commercially successful. All three of these albums that we were just talking about were certified gold by the RIAA. The band was a success and this was great for her musical career. Selena seemed to be on top of the world.
5: But by January 2012, it was announced that the band was going to have a brief hiatus, which is code for we are never, ever, ever getting back together.
4: (gasps) Selena was officially on a break from music. The scene was no more. By the age of 16, Selena was stirring up the entertainment industry by balancing two very demanding careers at the same time.
5: Selena was thrown into the spotlight at a really, really young age.
4: Which is why she took a break to focus on one thing at a time. Originally, she had announced that the reason for her band's hiatus was because she was just taking a break from music. She was going to
5: focus on acting only.
4: And reassured everyone that Selena Gomez and the scene would be back.
5: (laughs) Half of that was true.
4: (laughs) Yeah, and despite all of that, by March 2013, she announced that she would be making music again.
5: But this time, she was flying solo.
4: When it came to Selena, she took her time to learn from those that surrounded her during her days with the scene. In 2017, Selena opened up about what it was like to be the lead singer for her band. That, to me, was a very specific time in my life. I think if you're 14, 15, 16, and you're trying to sing about situations in life that you haven't experienced, I don't know if that qualifies you as an artist, if I'm being honest with you. Okay, pause right there, because that's exactly what we were talking about right Mm -hmm. earlier in the episode. We said, we don't hear her voice in Mm -hmm. this album. She's singing about things that she hasn't experienced, which is why it sounded inauthentic.
5: After three albums, she finally felt comfortable enough to take on the challenge on her own.
4: In April, 2013, Selena released, Come and Get It.
5: Oh my God, Ah. Uh, 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 an official banger of my adult life.
4: Like, I'm sorry, Disney, who? Like this girl stepped into her own light, I think for the first time. Like this was it for me. It was the snake for Britney, right? That moment on that VMA stage for Britney, I was like, okay. There's no turning back now. Sometimes it's a video, and I think for Selena, it was this video. Now, for you guys that are like, wait, what song is that? Maybe you're a new Selena fan. Maybe you don't go back to old Selena. Okay, so Come and Get It, y'all, was this kind of like Bollywood-esque song. It had this tabla beat. And something about this song, when I heard it, I was like, hmm, Like, I wonder if Rihanna could sing this song. I think it's funny, that's one of the things that I remember thinking when I first heard this song because when we were researching for this episode, you guys, did you know that the song was actually meant for Rihanna?
5: Which is so crazy because this sounds like her.
4: I know. You guys, if you have not listened to Come and Get It like in a while, like since the album came out, Please go listen to it and watch the video and like just try not to like have it infect your head all day long. You can't escape it.
5: Go and get it.
4: (laughs) Okay, so Stars Dance, her first official solo album, quickly followed this chart-topping single in July of 2013. And it became her first album to debut at number one in the U.S.
5: For Stars Dance, she wanted to shed her Disney persona.
4: American musician Jason Evigan, who worked on the record with Selena, he elaborated on the new sound by saying this. She's not a little girl anymore. She wants to be like that and be respected like the great pop artist out there. And I think she is. I think this album is really going to blossom her into a new realm of electric pop dance artist. I don't know that I necessarily agree with the end of Jason's statement. Like, I fully get the I'm not a little girl vibes anymore. <sighs> hmm. Right. But I don't think that that is where Selena saw herself. Like, I don't think she was like, I'm going to be an electronic pop dance artist. Do Wait, you? It
5: is it is so funny you say that because I feel like her song, Slow Down, is giving me like gaugerational electronic <laughs> pop dance artist.
4: Yeah, it was for sure a new sound and people were talking about it. But we have to address the elephant in the room. People were talking about this specific album back then because Selena and Justin Bieber had been in a very highly publicized, highly public relationship, right? They were together when she was writing this album. Uh Then they break up, but they rekindled the relationship just as the album came out. So, People thought they were going to get relationship tea from the album, right? And listen, there's no bad press, right? Like, we know that. We've been in the industry long enough to know that. But it was a weird time for Selena and Justin. It was dramatic. I was following the lives of like two teenagers like they were my friends.
5: Uh, don't even. I'm getting anxiety just thinking about it.
4: <laughs> All I'm saying is this. And next time you listen to this album, keep this in mind. Everyone wanted this album to be about Justin. But let me leave you with this tidbit, okay? Selena did not write any of the songs on this record.
5: Wow.
4: Okay? Selena took it.
5: <gasps> mm-hmm. Problem solved. That's Investigative
4: fact. entertainment <laughs> journalist.
5: I can't take us.
4: We are doing the Lord's work here.
5: <laughs> You're welcome.
4: Selena had now become a household name, like the performers she had looked up to, to the point that she was able to add a song to Stars Dance that was highly coveted by another star. Ooh, I'm sensing a little story time. It's a short one, I promise. Okay, so Miss j was working on her eighth studio album, AKA, and she wanted this song called Save the Day. Both women had worked with the writer, and Jennifer was in love with the song. Like, she was ready to go to town and fight a bitch for this song. But in the end, no matter how much j wanted it, it wasn't enough. Guess who got to keep the song? Uh, Felina. <laughs> mm-hmm. Selena won, and it ended up on her solo debut album.
5: You know what? Do you think Mariah was behind this? Like, payback for Tommy Mottola stealing her track for Lo?
4: I wish she was, because that would make it even juicier, and Just I would dig so much into, more into the dramas. <laughs> but no, stop it right there. Do not send the rumor mill a turn. okay? <laughs> I know. Selena was working harder than ever before. She began incorporating choreographed dance routines into the album's music videos, as well as her live performances.
5: And all of it was paying off.
4: In August 2013, she went on tour to promote the album.
5: It was her first ever world tour.
4: But four months later, the tour was canceled. She claimed that it was because she was taking a hiatus to spend time with family.
5: At the time, no one really knew the tea, only what the tabloids were, quote unquote, reporting.
4: Eventually, news broke that Selena had spent two weeks at Dawn at the Meadows, a treatment center that specializes in treating addiction and trauma in young people.
5: Her representatives were explicitly clear that Cell wasn't there for substance abuse.
4: Which meant she was there for her mental health, which will become a big part of Selena's growth, her identity, and her forthcoming artistry. While she took care of herself, her contract with Hollywood Records stated that she still owed them one more project.
5: So she released a compilation album titled For You alongside a new single titled The Heart Wants What It Wants in November 2014.
4: When asked about the song, she shared this. I think after this year, it's the perfect way to end a chapter in a way. It's like, this is what I'll say about every single person that has judged me for every decision that I've made. For every person and heart that is being judged for something they've done. And now, I just want to release it. (sighs) I know. Oh, I get goosebumps. I love her. I could cry right now. I'm serious. I, I know. I know. Do you need a tissue? I'm
5: on my myriad.
4: I remember she performed this song at the AMAs, and this was the first time that we had seen her, like this was her return to the spotlight. And I'm getting goosebumps, like I can't even talk right now. And if you don't remember this performance, Joseph, do you remember it? Or do you need me to like, give you the visuals?
5: I want you to give me the visuals. I want to paint the picture.
4: It was it was major. So she's wearing this like skin colored dress, right? So it all like blends in. And then the background had images as like dark lights and there were thorns and roses and like broken glass. And then the wings appear behind her on the screen as to be like, I am literally like levitating, like taking myself away from all of this. Like I'm giving myself my own fucking wings, right? Bitch, the then- phoenix, the fucking phoenix. Fi- ne- Yes, and then, wait, at the end, she adds the phrase, I thought you
5: were the one. I'm crying. I can't.
4: (laughs) I can. (laughs) We're deceased. We're taking a break. We need a
1: minute, guys. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling, and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs)
3: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: After so many hardships, both public and private, it seemed like Selena was ready to reimagine who she was as a performer and a musician.
4: In October, 2015, Selena was more than ready to release the album that would change her music career. The momentum felt right.
5: With that, revival was born.
4: Britney Spanos from Rolling Stone defined the album best. Revival is an audacious name for a 23-year-old singer's second album. But from start to finish, Gomez earns it. This is the sound of a newly empowered pop artist growing into her strengths like never before.
5: And every single song from this album... Was a hit. Same old love, good for you, hands to myself, kill him with kindness. Like, ah.
4: Revival is when I re met Selena. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> revived? It's
5: so you revived your relationship? Yes.
4: I revived <laughs> my relationship with Selena with this album. And again, we go back to why does this album work? Because this is the most she was ever involved with the writing process. Mm. And you Hear it. Like she's a hit maker. Like all of those songs are so good. And what I love about her take on this album is that she's super reflective, but also really honest with herself. She is so self aware. She says about this album I know I'm not the world's greatest singer, but I do know that I have a unique tone. And I'm an actress. I love being able to translate everything I'm feeling inside through my voice and through the songs. This whole record is extremely intimate. This album is so good. And, you know, Joseph and I have said it over and over again. Like, we love Selena. Like, we love this album. We love her as a person.
5: I feel like it was just very intimate.
4: And by May 2016, she had plans for another world tour. But she canceled the tour yet again, due to anxiety, panic attacks, and depression.
5: This time around, nobody knew if she'd come back from this. Not even her.
4: Selena Gomez has become such a strong advocate for mental health awareness. Her time in and out of these facilities, as well as her struggle with her lupus diagnosis, forced her into a period of isolation and loneliness. One she didn't think she could come out of. Gomez went back to rehab to focus on herself and was noticeably absent from social media. But when she did come back, things would be different.
5: Selena's career, it had to mean something. She returned with the intention of dedicating her life to spreading positivity.
4: She made her first public appearance at the 2016 American Music Awards and closed off the night by winning favorite pop rock female artist.
5: She was also recognized as the biggest triple threat at 2016 iHeartRadio's Music Awards.
4: Forbes added on to this by naming her one of Forbes 30 under 30 with their musician category.
5: Okay, bitch, talk about a comeback.
4: She paced herself again, releasing only singles as she got back into the groove of things.
5: There was It Ain't Me with DJ KaiGo.
4: Fetish with Gucci Mane.
5: Oh, my god, that one was so good. So good.
4: And we also got Bad Liar. <sighs>
5: So underrated.
4: Wait, you really think so? You think like this one should have been bigger?
5: Yeah, I do. She speaks to me.
4: I know. I feel like you think this is like one of her better songs.
5: I do. I mean, it's also just kind of like, have you seen the video? Yes. I was here for it.
4: Listen, I love it. And by the end of 2017, Selena was named Billboard's Woman of the Year. What is a woman to do with so many accolades and so much recognition?
5: Use the clout to finally release that Spanish album?
4: Almost, but yes.
5: With the change in the industry, meaning it was opening itself to more Spanish language hits after 2016, she saw an opportunity.
4: I know, right? Like she saw Camila Cabello and Becky G doing it. Why shouldn't Selena? In 2018, she featured on a single alongside Ozuna and Cardi B for DJ Snake.
5: One word, but say it twice.
4: Taki taki, taki
3: rumba. rumba.
4: It is catchy AF. Like, oh.
5: what I loved about this song with her is that she plays with Afro beats, and now we get reggaeton. It's mm-hmm. my dream come true.
4: It was so unexpected for me from her.
5: And she, I don't know if you saw the video, but she comes in almost like a snake, like in the Garden of Eden. Oh my gosh, she just looks so beautiful.
4: For me, it was just time. We didn't know that we needed like a Selena Reggaeton, Mumbathon song, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. like facts. Now, just so you guys know, I did not know what Mumbathon was before this episode. I think it's
5: moombathon. Mumbathon.
4: Okay, well that is house music mixed with reggaeton. Why is why why do I not know more Mumbathon artists? Like this is my music. This is my vibe now.
5: You know what? I'm the next becoming an I
4: Mombatón. And it wasn't just us, right? Like this song was massively huge.
5: Literally, the single achieved global success.
4: It received numerous awards, including Song of the Year at the 2019 Latin American Music Awards. And while Taki Taki was performing well, Selena wasn't ready for the full Spanish treatment yet. She went back to English.
5: In 2019, she released the single Lose You to Love Me, and it became her first number one song in the U.S. and then came Rare.
4: Rolling Stone, as they often do, put it best. Her third solo album is an act of divine ruthlessness. Gomez dances out the toxins weighing her down and breathes in loads of post-Lizzo, fuck you, I love me energy. And it was
5: exactly what she wanted for herself and what the fans wanted and
4: what I wanted. Rare became her third consecutive number one album in the US. I hate going back to it, but we gotta go back to Justin. In a good way. She's not going back to like the toxicness of the relationship. She's going back to self-love and to find her healing in the relationship because you gotta, go through the shit to end up on the other side, right?
5: And it was just so, like, I don't want to say romantic, but romantic because she was falling in love with herself. And thank I, you like, for, thank really you for saying that. felt that.
4: I think that's why we've been so respectful and cautious about talking so much about Justin when we talk about Selena. Because when she gave us Lose You to Love Me, she said, like, I have released this. You guys need to release this. I have moved past it. And so when we talk about Selena and we talk about Justin, like we're not trying to go back to that place. Right. And I want to be like very clear about Mm -hmm, that for like mm -hmm. everyone listening. Like, When she gave us this song, it was our turn to move on. And even now, when there's like all of this like petty drama that happens online between the new Mrs. Bieber, Haley and Selena, like she squashes it immediately because she doesn't want to go back there. Like she's past this shit. And
5: it's incredible how there's so much on her plate emotionally and mentally, but she still doesn't stop. And not just that, Time Magazine named her one of the 100 most influential people in the world. Then, the Latin Recording Academy honored her as the leading lady of entertainment.
4: So, it was as good a time as ever for what, Joseph?
5: Um, it was finally time for her Spanish
4: album! Selena finally released her first Spanish-language album titled Revelación. It came out in March 2021. And from an outside perspective, it felt like witnessing someone finally feeling at home with themselves. The EP had the biggest sales week for a Latin album by a woman since, wait for it, Shakira's El Dorado in 2017. It also earned Selena her very first Grammy nomination at the 64th edition of the Awards for Best Latin Pop Album. Entertainment Weekly's Marcus Jones calls her a far more versatile musician than she's ever been given credit for.
5: Selena was in the most honest place she'd been in years.
4: And you want to know what was next on her agenda? radical truth. My mind and me would pull back the curtain on what we thought she was going through and reveal the brutal pain and heartbreak that our Selena had actually been through.
5: On the next, becoming an icon, we'll dive into My Mind and Me
4: and chart her rise from a Disney darling to sharing the stage with the Martins, the legendary Steve Martin and Martin Short. Plus, her reign as the Queen of Beauty Talk. Becoming an Icon is presented by Sonoro and iHeart's Michael Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the I Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. In terms of light, learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: Is it hard for you to understand English when people speak fast? I'm Connor from the Listening Time podcast, and my goal is to help you understand English better. That's why I created Listening Time, a podcast designed to help English learners improve their listening naturally. In each episode, I talk slowly and clearly about a different topic, like travel or U.S. culture, and I give you the transcript that shows every word that I say. Listening Time is the perfect tool to help you understand English better. The Listening Time podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts.